Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Welcome, take a seat wherever you can. All right, well, welcome to this family. And uh, my name's Brett. Uh, this is uh, Brad. He's leading worship today. Um, if this is your first time here, there's obviously info desk up the front and toilets out the back. And we've also got toilets over there. If you have children, um, you can sign them in over there. So we're going to actually get straight into it today. Um, there's not much announcements. There'll be a few at the end. But uh, yes, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna worship Jesus because that's what we love to do here. It's the only thing that we do. Um, so if you want to stand up and join me, we've got as you can see, it's a circle. <laughs> so it's not about Brad; it's about Jesus, and everybody's invited up the front here. Yeah, Jesus, we just, we just come before you fresh today. We just look to you today. Yeah, it's all about you, Jesus. Yeah. We love you, Jesus. We just come to love on you today. We just come to seek your face, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to have your way today. We just invite your presence. We so need your presence, Lord. So I just encourage you to join in with your, lift up your voices and just tell him what's on your heart, to let it all out. And I just invite you that, that we are all united, we are all one. And I just feel like even if we could just all lift up our voices and give him a cheer, because he's worthy of it. And I just feel like if we could lift up our voices all in one to start off with, if we, if we can do it for our footy team, and well, if we can do it for, um, you know, singers that we like, we can definitely do it for him. He's so much more worthy. So on the count of three, whatever that you've got in your stomach, whether it's brokenness, whether you're on fire for the Lord, whether this is your first time, we just give him the biggest cheer, whatever you have, so ready? One, two, three. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give you everything, Jesus. Yes, Lord.
Father, we thank you that as our praises go up, your presence comes down. Lord, we love your presence, Jesus. We love your indwelling presence, Lord, that you've made your home in us. We rejoice, Holy Spirit. But we love to gather with you, Lord, with your people and with your presence. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit, just to have your way. As we gather, as we worship, have your way, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're healing right now. You're bringing freedom right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're shifting atmospheres, Lord. You're shifting perspectives, Lord. You're shifting. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're breaking off bondage, Lord. Bondage of the mind getting broken off. Bondage in the heart being broken off. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Jesus. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you, Jesus. We say yes to you.
Stir it up in our hearts, Lord. 
that declaration of surrender. A declaration of surrender to you, Jesus. It's required for your Lordship to come. As we come in humility before you, Jesus, we surrender our lives again to you, Lord. In any way, Lord, where we've picked up our old ways, We've picked up our old life, Lord. We repent and we lay it down before you again, Jesus. Because you're worthy to have every part of us, Lord. Every part. We've been bought with a price. So you call us to honor you, Lord, with every part of who we are. give you every part of who we are. You give us every part of who you are, Jesus. A divine exchange, Lord. We're not left empty. But we're finally, truly full, truly satisfied, Lord, when we're filled with you, Jesus. When we're captivated by you, Jesus. When we're in love with you, Jesus.
Your glory is so beautiful. 
Thank you, Lord. I just see you opening up people's eyes, Lord. Even as their eyes are closed, you're just awakening new sight, Lord. We just thank you, Father. You gifted us with our imagination, even with dreams in the night, Lord. And they can be, they can come from us, Lord, from our subconscious, from our history, Lord. But they're also platforms where you can speak. So we just thank you, Lord. Visions in the mind, for dreams in the night. You long for your people to hear your voice. You long for your people to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice and say, open our ears, open our eyes, Holy Spirit. Open our ears, open our eyes. We want to see you.
of life and of death that we have on our tongue. And Father, when we declare, all I am is yours, that is the power of life being released. Because it's only when we give all of us to you and you give all of yourself to us that we enter into real life, abundant life, resurrection life. So we thank you, Lord, that you will take our word, that word of agreement, Lord. You agree with this word. You say yes and amen. And you say, I'm gonna fulfill your desire today and this week and the week after and the week after. If you keep giving me you, I'll keep giving me you me. every responsibility in our life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, Lord. All of our brokenness, all of our sin, all of our rebellion, all of the stuck places, all of our trauma, all of our history. You take it all, Lord. You're getting a raw deal, Jesus, but you take it all, Lord. We're getting a good deal because we get all of you, Jesus. Spirit, seal that in our hearts. Lord, let us not wake up tomorrow forgetting what we've declared today. Let it ring in our ears, Lord. Let it resonate in our heart, Lord. Let it be at the forefront of our mind and our memory this week, Lord. And Father, I thank you for the fruit that we will taste this week of a life fully yielded to you. And your life fully present and made aware to us. Thanks, team. We have an amazing team of tech people as well. So would you mind just giving them a thanks too? We have a very small and faithful team that show up during the week, during the, on the weekends, and they just serve beautifully. And we're so grateful. Oh, thank you so much for Lenny. We're so grateful for them. Um, ooh. <laughs> um, it's been interesting in this last season, the Lord's been really expanding our understanding of the airwaves. And even, um, I think it was, a, I think it was during COVID when we were 
um, deliberating, you know, do we do live streaming, all this stuff. And see, I have a bit of an issue with me, per this is a personal heart issue, all right? So um, just letting you in a little bit um, of putting myself forward because it feels like self-promotion. And so when we went into the lockdown of things and live streaming, I was really, I had to do heart checks because it's not me and I actually resist it. But I felt the Lord invite us into um, a journey of going out on the airwaves. And he just said to me, he said, the frequency of prayer and worship is different to the chaos so even when we're sending our live streams, uh, stuff like that into the airwaves, it's actually changing things because it's carrying a frequency. And I went, oh, that's okay, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> not that I felt bad, I just felt very self-conscious. Very, very, and I know I was not the only one. <laughs> hey? No, we had, to, we had an amazing team of prayer leaders and worship people that just so stretched themselves in that season. It was incredible, and they were very generous, very willing to put themselves on a camera on their computer at home doing prayer all crazy times of the day. So thank you for that, team. Okay, so I'm Nicole. Um, it's been a while since I've spoken, actually. I think the last time was during COVID, sitting on a couch, bawling my eyes out how the Lord had been speaking about being tender with him. Yes, he reminded me of that when I was pulling all this together. Um, but first of all, we're going to just open in prayer. Um, I have a real tendency when I get nervous to rush my words, and I do not want to do that. I'll miss something. Hmm. So Holy Spirit, we just bring ourselves before you. We just thank you so much for the glory of your presence, the honour of hosting you, the treasure of abiding in you. Jesus, I just thank you for what you're doing in our community, in our region, in our nation, in the world at this time, that you're revealing yourself, you're revealing your beauty, you're revealing your glory, you're revealing your compassion. You're just really, you're really um, revealing yourself in such new ways, Lord, that generations before us haven't even had the honor of stewarding. So, Lord, I just pray even my words, that you would fill my mouth with your words. We just turn our eyes and our ears and our heart fully engaging with you, Holy Spirit. We just even invite repentance if, it need, if it's needed, conviction where it's needed. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. You're awesome. <sighs> I tell you what, it's a family that makes a person. <laughs> really is. It can make you or break you. It can go either way. <laughs> But this community has been a life-saving lifesaver for me and my husband and our beautiful little family, which I'm just going to say, I am now officially a nonna. <laughs> Renee had her baby on Thursday. Sorry if you're watching this, Renee. <laughs> our first grandchild. Yay. Okay, anyway, that's my little bit of exciting news. 
Okay, so just, um, this is not part to do with what I'm gonna be talking about, but I just really felt the last couple of weeks, the Lord really stir me to stir us to become students. And um, I was talking with Amy and Brad the other day, and I said, I remember when I was youth age, my Bible and my notepad went everywhere with me, and I've still got those notepads full of notes. And I just really felt the Lord say, it's a season, like it's, we've, the purpose of the fivefold is to equip the body to the perfection, okay? And so we can come quite often, and this is across the board, this is not just this house at all, but we can come and just sit and eat our fill and go and not be transformed by it. I, maybe Amy can throw the statistic at me at how much percentage-wise more you actually remember, absorb and take in when you write notes. It's astronomically hugely different. So I just really want to, to encourage you, if you've got a phone, grab it out. Take notes. If you've got a notebook, take it out. Write notes. Not just for Sundays, but whenever you're listening to something, when, you, when someone says something and it just like echoes or resonates or stirs and witnesses with you, write it down. There's actually a scripture that says, write it down and make it plain so the people may run after it. Cast the vision. It's so important, okay? And I think with, I know me personally, it's become very lazy in it. And I just felt the Lord just saying, pick up the pens again. It's time to pick up the pens again. Uh, there's an anointing on that, so I'm just going to say it again. Pick up your pens again. Write, 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 write. There are yet books to be written, songs to be written, memes to be written, <laughs> even. Pick up your pens. Was it, there's a, there was a saying, I think, the pen is mightier than the sword. That just came to mind. Okay. So, what I'm going to be speaking on today is intercession, and those that know me know that I'm passionate about this, but the Lord gave me a totally different perspective on it, which was so lovely, so exciting, so it's been brewing for a little while. But as you would have noticed, Brad has been um, speaking a bit lately on the ecclesia, talking about um, the ground war and the air war. For those who aren't part of our community, you might not have, I don't know if you followed us or whatever, but... He's been talking about that. And under the heading of air war comes, anyone know? Can you guess? Hey? Intercession? Yeah? Prayer, that's it. Very good. Worship, prayer, and intercession. And I felt the Lord say, we need to change the way we think about intercession a bit. Um, he said they're actually intertwined and we need to think about them as he does, not just as tradition does. Mm. Yeah, I know. Okay, so I'm just going to read this thing as a little starter. This is, I don't know when I wrote this. It was a little while ago. But it was like, moment. Um, okay, so why did Jesus die on the cross? So that we could legally access the kingdom. Religion has taught us that it was to atone for our sin but it is so much more satan knows if we stop it just atoning for our sin he somewhat still has a chance but if we understand how to access the kingdom we start to remove power from satan and change the dimensions of this world and he loses his power on a much bigger scale 
Disease, trauma, enslavement will fall when the people of God access the kingdom. It becomes a governmental shift of power. People will receive the gospel in profound ways. Be delivered, be healed, repent. We have access. Now it's time to bring it to earth. It was so good. I was just like, I read that went, wow, wrote that. I wrote that. <laughs> wow, it must have been a God moment. <laughs> okay. So what I want to do a bit today is I want to demystify, I guess, a bit of intercession because if you've been involved, um, particularly in corporate intercession, it can look, sound, move in so many different ways and um, the way Holy Spirit chooses to do things from one time you get together could be totally different than next. And we see that um, during the week we host prayer rooms here and it's um, fundamentally prayer, worship, yes to the Lord, whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants to say, wherever he wants to go, we are just fully committed and fully yielding. Um, and so, you know, that can look different every time. And so when you say intercession, particularly to the broader body of Christ, they have, I guess, a stereotype of what it looks like. Um, it could look like Cindy Jacobs, Dutch Sheets. I mean, I'm just naming a couple of really well-known but very mature intercessors. And I'm like, oh my goodness, amazing. And so we can tend to then disqualify ourselves as thinking, oh, I'm not that. I can't pray like that. I can't sing like that. I can't move like that. Yeah? And we, could, we all do it. I mean, even myself as someone who functions in this area just goes like, I can't do that every now and then. So I really want to get you to think. All right, so what, we're going to do a little exercise right now. So this is a bit interactive, okay? When I say the word intercessor to you, what do you think of? Get a, yeah, Jennifer, you guys, yeah. <laughs> so get a, have a thought in your mind. You may, have, you may not have even heard the word intercessor and you might be going, oh, what's that? Yeah, everyone got a thought in their mind of what you think it might be? Because I certainly did when I was thinking about this. Yeah, got a thought? Yeah, cool. Now, do you think you are an intercessor? Yeah, no? I've not seen long legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> I just remember, I can't remember who it was, someone saying, three little old women came in and led them to the Lord. They just was banging on his door constantly. They were intercessors and just praying him into the kingdom. It was amazing. I heard that years ago. So when I hear of little, old little women, that's what I think of. Yeah. Okay. So do you think you're an intercessor? Put your hands up if you think you're not. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Yeah, cool. Hands up if you think you are. Not just because it's an answer or maybe it's the right one or whatever, but, you know, honest. Do you, do you think, do you feel that you're an intercessor? Yeah? Okay, cool. Okay, so the definition of intercession is the action of intervening on behalf of another. But for me personally, I feel like um, just the journey that the Lord's taken me on in the last month or so, it actually is a, bit, a lot broader than that. 
I really believe the fact that we draw breath on the face of this earth is an act of intercession from the Lord. Yeah, he puts his breath in our mortal bodies and it's like saying, I am here, that God is amongst us just in our breath. It's like, wow, you draw breath. You testify to the living God, the fact that you draw breath alone. That's just when you wake up in the morning. You haven't even put your feet on the ground yet. But how we personally steward intercession, what was that, I'm sorry. Oh wow, you're so clever. She's a 24 seven intercessor. <laughs> we really are family here, okay. We interact, we talk. Okay, so how we personally steward intercession greatly affects the corporate intercession of the bride because it is a shift of authority and dominion. And so because of that, I feel that it starts with me shifting my internal atmosphere. Then when I've ruled that, then the atmosphere around me shifts. And when I've ruled that, then the greater can shift. Does that make sense? Yeah? So, who has a Bible on their phone? Or a Bible literally in their bag? There's a novel idea. I bought mine, but I thought that was too big and heavy. <laughs> All right, so we're going to look up Genesis 1. We're going old school. Oh, hang on. I'm just going to get that off. Pardon? Genesis 1, verse 28 to 31. What I want you to see through this, that there is an intention of rulership, governance, dominion, lordship, okay? Everyone got it? Yep, awesome, well done. So this is after he's created Adam and Eve, and it says, then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also, to every, bre- uh, sorry, every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, In where there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything he had made, and indeed was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So it pleased God that man would rule the earth according to the order of heaven. So that means without chaos, in divine order, like everything had a purpose, it, there was a flow, it had intention, there was peace, and it all came under the lordship of Jehovah through mankind. Does that make sense? Yeah? So it was always intended that we would walk this earth in dominion, yielding to the lordship of Jesus, and consider in this that God knows the beginning from the end. He set that up before man fell. Think about that for a second. If you knew that 
everything was gonna fall. And yet he still set it up like that. And that is because this is where we've come from and this is where we, re- we will return to. Okay? Thanks. <laughs> uh, and so we can see this particularly in the life of Jesus. He lived intercession. He lived life according to his purpose of the Father, not to this world. So he lived like God intended Adam and Eve to live. He lived subjected to the Father, not necessarily subjected to the world. He didn't do everything he, his body told him to do. He, um, he lived his life not doing what pleased him, but what pleased the Father. And I just, I, um, I just wrote here, he didn't live his life doing what pleased him and then show up for the crucifixion. Every moment from conception to his death had a purpose and it was lived in perfection. I tell you what, when I sat through some of the Elijah House teachings, I can't remember which one it was um, when Sandra came, and just talking about um, judgments, um, like even from conception and stuff like that, and I'm like, and I'm listening to this stuff, and I'm like, and Jesus never made a judgment. How is that possible? How is it possible? It's because he lived with the intention of what his father's purpose was and not his own. Just let that sink in a little bit. Who am I living for? Who am I really living for? Yeah, exactly right, Andrew. (laughs) It's my little nephew. and I think you can really see it in Luke twenty-two forty-two, when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, not my will, but your will be done. If it's possible, take the cup from me, but if uh, not my will, your will be done. Totally subjected to death, to the Father. That's just incredible. And he lived perfectly towards that moment. He lived demonstrating the intention of walking in dominion under the Lordship of his Father. And I describe intercession as that, calling the earth into alignment and the Lord, to the Lordship of Jesus. And yes, intercession intertwines with governance. <laughs> but yet it starts with me governing me. So whereas we understand intercession um, quite corporately, I just felt like the Lord wants us to take a bit of a look into personal intercession. What does that look like stewarding my own personal intercession? And that's not even necessarily praying for my family, my um, people around the world or whatever, like when I'm sitting at home on my own. But there's an intercession, intercession that happens from me to me, for, oh, sorry, not to me, but for me. Uh, Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Thank you. (laughs) I was worried I wasn't going to have enough time, and now we're getting through it pretty good, so it's great. (laughs) All right, so Romans um, 8 talks about walking according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. Do you guys know that one? Yeah, we're going to have a quick look at that. The flesh. 
I read through this the other day and it's like you could literally underline everything in the whole chapter. Um, it's interesting to note that there's a, um, something I feel like the Lord's doing for me personally in this season, so I don't think it's just me, um, is that he's doing a real shift. He actually asked me the question of like, um, are you walking according to the flesh or the spirit? And how do you know that you're walking according to the spirit? And I was like, oh, I just thought that I was walking according to the spirit because I pray in tongues, I spend time with him, I worship. So it was a very interesting discussion. <laughs> All right, so verse five says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That was one of the things he said, you can tell by the fruit of your life if you're walking according to the flesh or the Spirit. Because there's life and peace if, it's, um, if you're walking according to the Spirit. Okay, so with personal, uh, so with intercession, it's about what we agree with in our life. So I'm talking about everyday, normal day-to-day -day life. It's what you come into agreement with. And that can be physical, spiritual, emotional um, things. So we are his 24-7, no pressure, agents of heaven on earth. <laughs> um, that grows, oh, sorry, that grows in authority with the three heavens. So that's a different study that you can do on your own if you're interested. Um, did you know that your spirit is eternal? Yeah, I was driving down the road the other day and it was just like, oh yeah, my spirit's eternal. And it's like I knew that, but I didn't know that. I know, which is so simple and yet. Okay, so it's just temporarily housed in a physical temple and it has access 24-7 to the throne room of God, to the heartbeat of God, to the kingdom, okay? And when we access that, we are not bound by the nature of this world. I don't know if you've ever spent times in worship, intercession, prayer, and it's almost like you're in another place, literally. And then it's like you got to, then you come back and it's like, oh man, can't we just live over there? But that's the reality is that we have access and we have a Father that, and a Holy Spirit that longs to abide in that place where we can somehow be over here permanently and yet still have a, real, like a foot in this world as such and bring this to this world. He wants what he wants. That is what he wants. So, so we are able to change our internal atmosphere to resemble heaven. That's pretty powerful. Because a lot of us think that we have peace, but we're actually carrying a level of chaos. I know I did. I thought I was living in peace and until I had some heart issues healed, and then I went, oh, this is peace. 
<laughs> so it's quite amazing like how you think you can have one thing, but no, you don't, because that's your norm. So I just dropped out. Uh, that's your normal. Until you get around someone who carries a much greater level of peace, um, if you can get near someone and discern their atmosphere, because we all, we all can, it's just whether we can hear it or not or feel it, we're aware of it. Um, I'm gonna tell you a little story. I'll never forget one time, um, I hadn't been coming to Paradox long and Rachel and I would catch up, we'd go supboarding on Friday mornings. We're getting to know each other. And this one morning, I don't I was probably one of those mornings, you know, trying to get the kids out the door and to school and to get somewhere early on time. And so I was just, I had this, my inside was spinning. And I was like, oh, and I'm like, I just want to enjoy going supboarding. And I saw Rachel from across like the uh, car park down at Rockingham for sure. And she's, hi, straight away, bam, everything stopped. And I just went, oh, <laughs> come under her umbrella. <laughs> just sit there for a while and enjoy it. But that's literally what can happen. When you carry peace like that, where there's not the chaos, not the spinning on the inside of you and around you starts to shift, other people come into your sphere and they go, oh, and I think that's why Jesus had so many people just coming up to him from out of wherever. It's because he, they knew the atmosphere he carried. They were attracted to it. Actually, and I think a lot of times demons just couldn't help themselves. <laughs> they just wanted to get up in his face. I know, right? It's weird. <laughs> Do you ever spend time just thinking about obscure things of the Lord and just go... Oh my goodness, wow, I never thought about that. I, had, I was having a conversation with him the other day and I just said, Jesus, did it get a bit duller, like light-wise, in heaven when you came down to earth? Because there is no sun in heaven because he is the sun, literally. He shines that much light. And he goes, no, because I left my deity there. And I just went, oh, that makes sense. Because you think if he brought his deity into the earth, it, wouldn't, it would crumble anyway. <laughs> I know, it's so simple and yet so true. Mm. So anyway, so how do we change our internal atmosphere to, to resemble heaven? And it's by living according to the spirit and not the flesh. And part of that is the heart journey slash sanctification journey. So we also, we have a book Slash, they call it a scroll sometimes, depends which translation you read, that's written about each of us in heaven. And God has written what he has ordained for us. Okay, um, it's, you can, it's mentioned in Psalm 139 verse 16, Psalm 56 verse 8, and in Malachi 3, 16, it talks about a book of remembrance. And you can actually ask God what is written in there for you and write it down. And you can pray it into being. And you can come into agreement with it. And who God is, because your calling will be shaped around who he is and what he wants to do. And so why is it important then to know what is written? Write it down, make it plain so that people may pursue it. 
And that's for each of us. Write it down, make it plain. If, if I'm going to Broome and I don't get a road map, actually probably a better place to go to Marangaroo, <laughs> but I don't use Google Maps or a road map, I just go, oh, I'm just going to shoot in that general direction. I don't like my chances. I think I'd run out of fuel before I got there. Not just because it's a long way, but it's so many different options. There's so many different paths I could take. And so it is very important that we know what he says about us, what he has written for us, for our lives, is because the enemy can just bump you off the track. And you just go, oh, okay, little, little, little off this way, bump. Oh, you know, you can get bumped around a lot, especially when you start following what God has called you to because do you think the enemy wants you to reach that? Exactly. Thank you, Andrew. (laughs) I know, he's very gorgeous. (laughs) And so it is important to know what you're standing on. Jesus is our solid ground, but he has a plan and he has a purpose for us that I can't do what you do or what you do or what you do and you can't do what I'll do. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a great thing. But each of us need to know that we have something that he has said about us. There's something he has planned for us. And it does not come by not pursuing it. Okay? And I th- really think a part of this is actually um, knowing your inheritance in Jesus. Yeah, I agree, Andrew. Tell you what. And at the end, I'm going to give you a little um, homework. If you choose to do it, it's up to you if you want the benefit of it. But if you don't know what the kingdom, what is available to you and I in the kingdom of God, how do you know to go get it? How do you know that it is yours? How do you know that he can heal all your affliction, all your disease, that he cares for the brokenhearted? He binds their wounds. If we don't know it, we've got nothing to stand on. We've got nothing that says... No, it is mine. He said it was. Now get out of the way. We lack conviction if we don't actually know what is rightfully ours. Okay, so why does it matter to God that we know this stuff? It's because we are co-laborers with God and he needs us to speak things into being. I find it interesting that um, when he created the heavens and the earth and everything that was within it, he spoke it and it came into being. Then he handed over dominion to us and we are gifted because we're made in his image, in his likeness. We're gifted with the same thing to be able to speak something into being. When you said that, Brad, about the power of life and death, I'm like, I think you read my notes. (laughs) Because what you say matters what you say matters. It carries a weight. You might not think it carries a weight in the natural realm. It carries a weight in the spirit realm. Yeah. 
And there is a reason why Satan wants you to stop speaking. And that's why it's such a big thing at the moment on intimidation. He cannot afford for you to speak. He's on the losing side. And yet he's trying to, he, well, he has many convinced that we are on the losing side. And that is not true. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Um, I just love like the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Be on earth as it is in heaven. That means in me as it is in heaven. We need to do the process of getting it so it's like in me as in heaven. We're not going to nail it. It's totally okay. But we're going to pursue it. And so when I walk into a scene that is absolutely chaotic, I am not swayed by the chaos. Instead, I bring peace. And I get to dictate the atmosphere around me. And I get to speak to the chaos. No, you don't have a place here. No, you don't get to say it's going to be like this. No, you don't get to affect my friend with anxiety. Each of us has such an important part to play. Thank you. Uh, you are... Each and every one in this room and beyond is an ark of his glory. Do you realize all of heaven converges right here in each one of us? There's where heaven and earth kisses is in you. Does that make your mind go, oh my goodness? Or do you go, no it doesn't. Because the truth is it actually does. If you've given your life to Jesus, it does. It really does. So what can affect our intercession? So remember, our inter this, isn't, this is talking about intercession being like ruling and reigning in me personally and the atmosphere around me. What affects our intercession is what we give our yes and no to. It's our agreement. I'm going to talk real blunt, okay? And I love you. And this is the same questions I ask myself and I have for a while. So it's not aimed at anyone. It's not passive aggressive. It's, it's like, for me, it was a wake-up call, I'll be honest. It really was a wake-up call. If I'm watching smut on TV and then expect my vision field inside of me to be clean and pure, I'm lying to myself. I really am. You cannot... I remember I was at um, John Warwick, I think I was in youth years and years ago, obviously. <laughs> 
But he said, you cannot spend three minutes reading your Bible and three hours watching TV and expect the Bible to change your life. It won't. It does not have the prime place of importance. So how can it? And there's so many terms I can say about Holy Spirit. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not a slot machine. He's not come and go and just get my needs filled and go and do whatever I want. That's rebellion. It really is. You cannot conquer death when you're in agreement with it. You can't. And, and even in our own heart journey, if we're not going to admit things and ask him to turn the lights on and allow him to turn the lights on, we don't give him permission to heal it. And it will constantly remain in bondage to the enemy. And he can come in and he can open the door whenever he damn well likes and rob. I'm tired of robbery and I'm tired of seeing people robbed. I'm tired of seeing the body of Christ robbed. It is not okay and the Lord is not okay with it. You cannot be in agreement with the both. Your word carries weight. And every time you lie, don't keep your word, don't follow through on it. Say idle things. Bring perversion into a conversation actually robs the weight of your word and when you tell a mountain to move it won't because you haven't stewarded your word if you create life and death in the power of your tongue and you freely speak death why would he give you all the power of life why would he give me the power to create life with my mouth when the power would be the exact same to create death. You cannot use your mouth for both. It's one or the other. It's interesting, I was looking, um, the idle words, it popped in my head when I was writing this. I'm just going to read a scripture that's a bit of a butt kicker, to be honest. This is a good word. It's like... it. It should challenge us. It should confront things. And it's Matthew twelve thirty six. Actually, I'm going to go to 35. And it says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Be careful what you say. 
Be careful what give your ye- what you give your yes to, what you give your no to. When you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something. When you're saying no to something, you're saying yes to something. When you say nothing, you are still saying something. Kind of sucks, really. You can't get away with it. <laughs> it's because you're designed to make a stand and be counted. You're designed to walk into a room and shift things. You're designed to live in a city and see the suicide rate go down. To see mental health statistics change for the better, not the worse. That's what you were designed, that's what I'm designed for. You were designed that when you walk into a field where there's demonic active in someone, it responds. Heaven is in you. The spirit of the living God is in you. And if it's not changing things around me, then I need to ask why. What am I not stewarding? What am I not taking responsibility for? What do I need to repent of? What do I need to come out of agreement with? What do I need to come into agreement with? And I want to talk about, because it's very loud this year. Um, I think it started for me last year when we were in a prayer set and... It was literally, um, it was just after, I think um, Sandra had been here. And um, we had, I think it was on a Sunday, we had, um, uh, during our worship time, that's right, it was just this prophetic song of awaken, 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 awaken. And it was so powerful. Um, came out and Sandra spoke to us later and she said, you guys need to record this and you need to play it. Just put it on a loudspeaker so it's filling the atmosphere. So the following Wednesday, we went to do that just during one of our prayer sets. And I've come across intimidation before, but never like this. This was incredible. It was literally like you were in a war zone. And it was like all of us were on the ground, I think. I know I was on the ground. It was like bombs going off ahead, like you're crawling under razor wire or something. And it was just this intimidation. And... It was like I was actually afraid to lift my eyes to see what was happening in the spirit. It was really, you were there, Amy, weren't you? It was like, wow. And afterwards we were like, what the heck was that? And it was intimidation. But since then, um, intimidation has been really, really loud. And it's not just um, our community where I've heard it a lot. Uh, you hear it everywhere. Um, people being afraid to just speak out or feeling like they're being shut down, their voices. And I think it's been a lot of us um, individually. For a lot of us, that's been our story as well, where we've shut our voice down. Um, and when I started do like stewarding this stuff, probably I really noticed a massive shift about three months ago that... Um, when intimidation tried to come in the room, I would just go, ha, 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 you, know, you reckon? <laughs> I don't think so. 
And it was literally like I felt like from a position of the Lord of laughing at it. And so for me that really shifted, but then it was also I could see it so much clearer when other people were feeling intimidated. And um, and I think this feels, for me, this feels like it's almost going, it's playing now hand in hand with disqualification of self. And it's so loud, it's flaming annoying. <laughs> I didn't swear. <laughs> and so I'm going to talk about that just briefly. If you have heard the voice, oh, I can't do that. Who am I? Um, I'm not enough. Oh, they'll see me. Oh, for me, self-promotion. Um, don't get me wrong, there is self-promoting, but there's also I'm um, refraining, I'm pulling myself back because really it's pride. That was me. If you're hearing that, I can't pray in front of other people. Um, yeah, who do you think you are? not spiritual enough, um, there is lists. <laughs> yeah, and you could have just said that direct to me. <laughs> I don't belong, I'm on the outside. Um, I just, I can hear it now in the atmosphere, so I'm just gonna say it, I'm not part of the purple circle. We don't have a purple circle here. We actually fight against it. Pardon? Oh, the inner crowd, the clickiness, us and them, the spiritual ones. Yeah, I'm not spiritual enough. There's, there is. I'm not going to disqualify this. But there is an issue of our heart. I'm not, and I'm not denying that. But you'll find it so loud at the moment is because it's a strategy of the enemy to shut your mouth, to silence you, to limit your voice, to make you feel like what you say won't change anything. And it's garbage. Absolute lie. It's absolute garbage. And even at in the middle of there, which I think... Um, I know this was for me, so I know it won't be just me. There's also pride. I never realised this, but did you know shyness is the... What was that? Yeah. So it's on just the other end of the spectrum of arrogance, and it's all pride. I know, that was like a bit of a huff for me. So if he needs us to stop speaking in things into being because we have the power of the tongue, life and death, and we steward our words, it's actually disobedience to not speak it. Ouch. That one hurts every day. And it's disobedience to not be transformed as well. All right, so how can we allow God to build into us and grow our authority? Because believe it or not, he wants you to have authority. 
He wants to, you to rule and reign your internal sphere. He wants you to rule and reign the, one, the atmosphere around you. He's called you to rule and reign with him. Think about that for a moment. <laughs> I could hardly rule and reign with three toddlers. <laughs> I got better at it, but... <laughs> okay. So first of all, this is just a few things that I felt the Lord say. And number one was staying tender with the Lord. And so what does that mean? It means that when he comes near, I respond. I'm actually looking for him when I don't notice him near. I'm tuned in to him. I read the word and it actually makes me weep. Um, I read the word and it pierces my heart. Um, it was a, about three or four weeks ago. I don't know, something happened and I was just, I shifted into a victim mentality and I just opened my Bible and this word came up. I can't even remember what it was now, but it was like, stop playing the victim. And I was just like, oh, I love it. Even your word tells me I can't be a victim. <laughs> it was so good. But staying tender with the Lord is so important for him to call you to another nation like that you know you need to be tender with the Lord you could do it in obedience but it'll break you but staying tender with the Lord gives you life it gives you life it was it sustains you it it grows your intimacy with him it grows your understanding of him of knowing him every day would be pretty dry without knowing him and and I mean in a way that is relational connection not yeah I know God and he's over there and I'm over here hi God you know okay praying in tongues um I'm just going to address this it is important to be baptized in the Holy Spirit <laughs> praying in tongues it is designed to build your spirit it is um, was it Romans 8 26 says the spirit makes intercession for us because we don't know what to pray and for me this has been the biggest key in learning how to steward and rule that internal atmosphere it has actually broken the back of the fear of man for me. That's how powerful it is. Read the word of God. It's, I really feel like even in this season, there's been like a shift to just the basics of prayer, worship and word. Don't complicate it. But I've got here, read the word and solid books because there's many revelations that has happened that are just really good for expanding your view. I really encourage you, um, the Passion Translation. Oh, my goodness. That's water to a thirsty soul. And, and this is just a bit of insight to me. Um, I used to devour the word like 
chew through it. And even still, Holy Spirit brings scriptures and it's from years, and, and I'm talking like 20 years ago. So it's never wasted, see? But for quite a while, I was, and I'm talking about probably 10 years, I would read the word and I'd be like, come on, go in, go in, change me. And I'd try and meditate on it and chew on it. And I, and I, it was literally, it was a... Um, it was a discipline because it was hard. And then I got a passion translation. I think I read the first line in, um, in Psalms and I bawled my eyes out. I'm like going, oh my goodness, it's life. <laughs> so I encourage you, especially if you're visual, like you, if you read a book and see, see what it's happening as you're reading it, Passion Translation is brilliant for that because um, Hebrew language especially is so much imagery. And so um, that translation in particular captures a lot of the imagery, which has been really helpful for me. Okay. Spend time in his presence with worship and prayer and because that's where revelation and transformation happens. Repentance. Invite his repentance. It's the greatest gift. And if you ever hear anyone say repentance is outdated, repentance, you don't need that, it's a lie. It is a lie. It's a gift. It's for the process of your sanctification. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. Repentance is such a gift. I just want to get back to that praying in tongues with being baptised in the Holy Spirit. If you don't speak in tongues, I just really want to encourage you to seek the Lord on that because it is a gift for everyone. It is a gift for everyone and he does not withhold it. If you've prayed and asked for it and you haven't received it, don't drop it. Pursue it. Fast and pray. Get others that are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues to pray with you and for you. Do not stop. Do not stop pursuing it. It is intended for you. You, are, you have been given access, full permission to have it. And you, I'll tell you what, you cannot do this journey of, well, you could do the journey of life without it, but it's pretty dry. He wants it to be a joy, and so he gives us Holy Spirit. And part of that is the gift of tongues. So I just really want to encourage you. Yep, so heavenly language. And this is something interesting. Um... Quite often when, you're, when you do this journey with intercession and stewarding your own and you start to really lean into the spirit, a lot of time you don't know what you're praying because obviously it's in tongues. But quite often he'll change your tongue and you'll go, oh, and it's like, you're, this is just really, this is me. I feel like praying all of a sudden switches into a different tongue and, then, and it's like I'm praying here going and over here I'm going, what the heck is that? <laughs> what language is that? You know, it's quite funny how it's just, it can chop and change for whatever purpose, whatever he's doing, whatever he wants to accomplish. It's quite amazing. But also in that place, 
is where you can get, you receive the gift of interpretation of tongues. And for me, that has been where I'll be praying in tongues, leaning in something, and it's like I'm thinking in a totally different, like I'm thinking in English and it's, well, it's coming out of my mouth in my tongue, but I'm thinking it in English all of a sudden. And that's like where I've learned to, um, still at beginning stages of that, but steward the um, gift of interpretation of tongues. So just really encourage you with that. And that can look like setting aside 10 minutes in the morning or after, whenever, but sit down time I'm talking about, not on my day going around everywhere. Sit down and pray in tongues or stand up and pray in tongues. But full intentional time, 10 minutes a day praying in tongues, it will change things for you dramatically. And then when you're driving your car, pray in tongues. You don't have to be always constantly engaged with it, but you need to have a time where you are spirit, soul, and body fully engaged with it, okay? <sighs> that wasn't too harsh, was it? Good. <laughs> All right, so... If you want to, totally up to you. Um, I mentioned about some homework, um, and this is actually based on your, knowing your inheritance. And so this is just a little exercise, and you can do this pretty much with any book of the Bible. But go through the book of Ephesians and write down in there, everywhere it says, it is in him, by him, through him, and for him because that is your inheritance. And I did that, and there, I don't think there's one verse in all of Ephesians that doesn't have a piece of your inheritance in it. It is crazy. And you start to, and when you do the, an exercise like that, you start to go, I'm being robbed, I'm being robbed, I'm being robbed. <laughs> Hang on a second, things need to change. Because now you know what to stand on. You know what's yours. Yeah? All right. That is all. Let's stand up, hey? We're going to close. We're going to close in prayer. Did Jesus, we just thank you that... You are just so big and we're so little. But I thank you that you're changing the way we see ourselves, that you're bringing us back to our original design. You are not just bringing us back to our original design of what you intended for Nicole Cameron to walk out in her life or Amy Talbot to walk out in her life or anyone else in this room, Jesus, but you are bringing it back to the original design when you made Adam and Eve to walk in the garden with you in such intimacy, in rulership, in reigning, in rest, because there's a rest that comes with yielding to your lordship. You're bringing it all back around to yourself, Jesus, and we're so grateful that we have been chosen for such a time as this, to walk on the face of the earth. So Holy Spirit, we yield to you. 
we yield to that um, constant intercession that you have going for us and we come into agreement, we want to partner with that Holy Spirit. We want to steward that. I just thank you that it is the very life flow of your spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come turn the lights on. Come and press everywhere that needs pressing. Come and bring conviction. I just pray even this week there'd be such encounters. Father, that it wouldn't have to be just in our dreams because we're taking and making the time during the day to hear, to see, to feel all that you have for us. Lord, your desire is, is that we would bring your kingdom to this earth. That's your desire. So we yield to the process to fulfill your desire. We want to fulfill your desires, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Help us to see what we need to see, Holy Spirit. Lord, help it to go from our head to our heart. And help our hearts to connect with our spirit. Just as we're standing here, a um, couple of things to close, but thank you very much, Nicole. Nicole's one of our associate pastors, um, and we trust you very much, really enjoying you. But just a beautiful way of re-looking at intercession um, is to shift something. If you know you have to shift, I have to shift this water bottle, I have to use effort. So it's almost like the thing the Lord asks of us involves effort, which is com sometimes the less comfortable way. Um, and that for some of us to do something that involves action can realize it costs something. But while we're learning about the air warfare, where in this region we want to change it by praying into the atmosphere, by releasing the kingdom, how can we do that if we didn't know how to shift something on the inside? Yeah. And so I think today's encouragement is for us to actually go, can I take one step backwards before going forwards and go, do I know how to shift the atmosphere in my home? Yeah. Is there chaos in my home, whether I live alone or with someone else or with a full family? Is there chaos at home? Let me practice there. Let me start there. Yeah. Not only by praying into that, but do I have chaos and anxiety inside me? And actually shifting how we are 
and then shifting our home and then we can start releasing him on the street and then we can start doing things where like on a Sunday we gather together sometimes I feel a little bit of when it comes into let's do some corporate intercession and I'm wondering if that's because we're all at different places as well of our words and our authority and we're not sure when it comes to shift something and I'm wondering if it's also because to move an atmosphere regionally might involve us knowing how to shift things of how we are in the day and to not underestimate praying in tongues it is like this when you and then things actually can be different which is the thing we're wanting in that moment when we can't find peace when we are alone and we're battling with loneliness and but we can actually go i'm going to move this and reading the word can shift us on the inside those of you who are parents don't underestimate the power of speaking in tongues out loud at home and for it to be normal in your home i grew up in a home with rod my father somewhere there there I, I grew up with a normal sound in our home was his tongues. That's a background sound. And that holds an atmosphere over the home. But him up and down the hallway, I knew he was in the shower, second by the sound of the water, first by the sound of the tongues. And to normalize that governance in the home, then he would go out and lead the church community. But put a sticky note in your car to get in and go, it says, speak in tongues. People in the car next to you on the freeway will think you're singing to a song, it's okay. Until you get into the real shakababas and they'll think you're angry at the driver in front of you. <laughs> but that's kind of normal too. But just to encourage to shift. And what I felt, this is going to be a bit of a stretch for some, is just for one minute, while we're standing here together, we need to break this intimidation yeah. thing, not with any loudness, and we need to break the insecurity of making noise yeah. um, by just, even if all we do is utter a sound. And I just wonder if, just for briefly together, as a choice to move out of passivity and the sleepiness that Sandra Selma Kirsten picked up spiritually here, it's like that's why she said, release the sound of wake up. Release the sound of wake up, the bride's asleep. <laughs> Never mind everyone else. And the complacency and the relaxing, because really to do nothing is the most, is the most comfortable yeah. for some. And it, it means there's zero cost. Mm. But everything involved in shifting requires effort mm. and cost and intentionality. But we can shift internally, regardless of what's going on in our homes and in our hearts by praying in tongues. Yeah. Let's just practice together, almost as a standing, a drawing the line and going, I'm going to get up. That's it for the robbery. <laughs> I'm going to get up. I'm going to start moving out of complacently, complacency and tiredness and apathy and just the week passing by. I'm going to move from uh, defense, like the back half of the football field, and I'm going to move into offense, yeah. the front half. I'm going to start shooting some goals. So let's just yeah. quietly, this is no big fanfare, this is no big hurrah, let's just stand together peacefully and focus on shifting our internal atmospheres as a line in the sand. We can do it each day. If you've never spoken in tongues, give it a whirl now. Or just, just even a sound to break that intimidation. Make some decisions about your future. We're gonna get, we're gonna get up. 
We're going to be shifters. Our destiny is we're going to be shifters. We're going to shift our home. We're going to shift our generational line. We're going to shift our street. We're going to shift Quinana and the Peel region and Valdivas and Perth. Australia needs us to... We need to get up. We need to wake up. We need to apply force. We choose to get up. We choose to wake up. We choose to see what we see and hear what we hear and know what we know and be involved. We choose to pick up our swords. We choose to pick up our Bibles. We choose to take back our voice. Every voice matters. We choose to grow our muscles. Little bit every day, little bit every day. The bride waking up. It's time to wake up. It's time to get involved. It's time to get brave. Brave is doing things that scare you, but doing it anyway. It's time to ask for someone to pray for us so we can speak in tongues. We will move. It's time to pray aloud for someone else when, when they're battling and we say it in tongues because we're not ashamed of tongues. We're not ashamed of the kingdom. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of Jesus. We're not ashamed of ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. If you want some breakthrough in the things of the Spirit, even just to confess the fear, to confess the wounding maybe you've had even in that area and past experiences, to ask for help, to ask for help. We're not going to get all dramatic and yelly and we're just going to love you into the things of the Spirit. Or if you're dry, or if you have laid down, or even, I see someone's even buried their sword because they got so burnt in the fight. If you have buried or dropped, laid down your sword, 
If you've buried your Bible, you need to wake up. If you want to confess you've been asleep and it's met a need, come up and let the King of Kings meet the need himself. Won't you just come up and join us at the front? We'll ask core team to come and help. And let's, let's get ourselves to a place that we can stay awake. Yeah. Yep, we need to get the arts going again. We need to get the pens going again. We need to get the paintbrushes out. We need to dance again. If you're lacking life, just come up and we want to minister to you. We're going to look after you. We're going to make it safe and we're going to stand with you. For the rest of you, there are many new people. Please be brave and intentionally shift and pursue somebody over this time. There's no big dinner, it is hot dogs. If you have a coin donation, we would love that you give that in the little bowl, but you don't have to. We just really would love you to stay on and continue time together. Uh, it's been, a, yeah, in the foyer, uh, then just stay on. We're gonna eat together. We're gonna, we wanna get to know you. Please, please um, do the harder thing and just choose community another 10 minutes. Um, we love you, we bless you. I just want to encourage you. I remember the first time I ever heard someone speak in tongues. I didn't grow up in the church. Um, I became a Christian when I was like around 16, but I was at a Hillsong conference and they, everyone started praying and there was some behind me and they started praying in tongues and I immediately went, what is that? Uh, but I, what I found is that I didn't, I just, I felt like just the encouragement to, if you get freaked out by that sort of stuff, just to ask the Lord to move you from freak out to fascination because I know that's what it did to me. It fascinated me and it, it stirred a longing for the things of the Spirit because you need to know God is Spirit. If you're afraid of spiritual things, you're afraid of God. Like, or is, you know, there's this danger when we've made so much of Christianity about things that we can see and smell and touch and experience and do on the earth when the core reality of the kingdom of God of your relationship is a spiritual relationship. That's why Jesus, even as he said, it's better for me to go that the Holy Spirit would come. And that's what, you know, when Nicole was talking about the kingdom coming and colliding with earth, that is the Holy Spirit colliding with your spirit, the Bible says. So praying in tongues is just, it's just your personal spirit just crying out to God. It's a gift from God and he desires to give it to you. But if you're at a place, like it, it's just weird. I want, to, I want you to know it's all throughout the New Testament. It's a very normal part of the Bible. Apostle Paul encouraged it. Jesus promised the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a normal thing, but just to allow the fascination to stir and say, I, Lord, I want that. I want, I want a deeper connection with you. The Apostle Paul says that when we pray in the tongue, it edifies our spirit, it builds us up spiritually. And so if you don't, if you don't have a prayer language and you want one, just come forward and we'll just pray with you and we'll pray that for you. You don't need to be afraid. It's just the Holy Spirit. It's the safest place for you to be. So, But any other prayer needs, just come forward and we'd love to pray for you. And, uh, and if, if not, um, you're welcome just to hang around, hot dogs, head out in the foyer, head out around, meet someone new, um, interact and chill out with us. So uh, love you guys. Bless you.